0: Like anybody who claims to be a marketing expert and generalizes it like that, like don't listen to them, throw them away because there's no such thing. There's too many, there's too many ways. And I am not claiming to be some TikTok expert. Thanks for subscribing to the ZonCon podcast, the podcast all about Amazon conversations. These are the tips and tricks to become an Amazon millionaire. Here is your host, Andrew Erickson. He is all things Amazon, and so is this podcast. Let's have an Amazon conversation.
1: Why Michelle hates TikTok. Go.
0: (laughs) I don't hate TikTok as a opportunity from a traffic perspective. But here's the thing, guys, is that any platform that gives you a whole bunch of followers it's really important to understand like what is valuable uh data versus which is vanity stats and this is true whether it's facebook or instagram or tiktok right um the reality is is that like any brokered relationship um from an organ- organic traffic standpoint eventually uh the algorithm is going to take over and determine whether your content is relevant to your audience and um you know why I still prefer brand building on Instagram, even though like I've heard influencers be like, oh my gosh, I've got like a hundred thousand TikTok followers in like five minutes. And it took me five years to build these 10,000 Instagram followers. It's like, yeah, but how many of, like, what is that reachability of those 100,000 in TikTok? How many of those are actually seeing your content from an organic standpoint on a daily basis, you know, if, if you're actually posting on a daily basis? Whereas with Instagram and Facebook, yeah, they make you pay to play, but at least you have the opportunity to re-engage your audience by paying for it, you know? Whereas with with any kind of platform where you're dependent on the algorithm to serve your content, you're at their mercy, whether that's TikTok or YouTube or Instagram. If you think that just because you build an audience on Instagram and uh, and and post occasionally that, that people are actually going to see your content, it's not the case. It's not until you actually pay for it that you're actually going to be visible to your audience. So don't get caught up in the vanity and the hype and the FOMO. Make sure that if you are going to get out there and you're going to test and get uh, get content. Don't go out there and hire like some TikTok, you know, social media person uh, to build all your TikTok dancing videos, unless you can prove that you are actually like visible to your audience at a higher rate than on any other social media platform. So it is worth that investment of time money versus spending money on you know, Facebook ads, Instagram ads to actually get in front of not only your followers, but anybody who's relevant for your content.
1: Nice. Ah, oh, I love it. That's so good. Michelle, thank you for doing that. I I was, I put her on the spot there. We were talking about it and I said, oh my God, Michelle, we're going to, you just said something. We were talking after the episode was over. And I said, you just said something super cool. I'm going to hit record. She said, don't do it. I said, no, I'm doing it right now. You got to do it. So thank you so much. <laughs> well, I like with, any like,
0: <laughs> like with any platform, just like with any platform, you know, TikTok giveth, TikTok taketh away. And so if you put all your eggs in a basket and develop that audience, and then you say something that is against community standards or people mark you as spam or whatever it might be, you can get, you know, your account shut down shadow band, any number of things. Um, I was speaking with Amber English, who's the owner of Pixie Cup, about their experiences with TikTok because they're very successful um, in building a brand there. But it still is like a pain in the butt, just like any other social platform. So if you're trying to decide, like, where should I build a list? And TikTok's, the the FOMO of TikTok is calling to your heart. Just understand that, you know, that organic traffic and algorithm-based traffic is still subject to the broker than it is if you own that relationship direct via email, SMS, you know, those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, it's great. And that's a good tip, no matter what the, so you can get a lot of visibility on these platforms, but ultimately the best way to control your audience, as you mentioned there is to collect that text, to collect that phone number and collect that email address. And it feels like email is old school. I feel that way. I feel like email is like, that's so 1994. <laughs> it's not. It works. Yeah,
0: it's still relevant.
1: It, it does work. I know a lot of people who do fantastic with it. It has basically generally the highest ROI on investment. And now SMS is starting to... Maybe SMS is surpassing it in some some ways. But um, in terms of it delivering engaging content and having people engage back with you and owning that list and be able to convert that list, email I found, even though I personally do not like email. like I personally don't like reading my email. But <laughs> that is... besides so Actually, Amazon ranking i guess it's sort of marketing like ranking your seo ranking your stuff on amazon that is our number one by far because i am an amazon seller but outside of the amazon platform email is by far our number two like our number two our number one outside of the outside of just like seo on amazon so um yeah do it
0: and how are you ranking these days andrew how are you ranking for that organic SEO? What are you using to help you do that? Oh,
1: yeah. So this was a hot tip that I told Michelle afterwards. Um, well, of course, you have the basic SEO stuff. You want to make sure you do key, really good keyword research, title, all that kind of fun stuff, back in search terms, whatever. And uh, email. We are finding a lot of great success with email. We do the traditional, like we, we send a value added email every single week. And then we then coming into the launch, we say, oh my God, we have this super cool thing that you totally should get and you're going to love it. Uh, It's going to be here next week. And I I would suggest,
0: I would suggest Andrew, instead of just using the email and it's amazing that your audience responds just at that point, like, hey, you need this is here now. If you did what I call like a rolling thunder campaign, where you start like, like eight weeks out, six weeks out when you're doing product development, even and involve your list in the creation and the journey, oh my gosh, talk about being responsive. Then when the product is live and and ready to go, then they're going to jump when you say jump. Like even if you don't want to involve them in product research, even if you don't want to do like a this or that or anything like that, if you just say, hey, we're getting ready to launch this product in a few weeks and we need some product testers to help help us test the product. And we'd love to see, you know, uh, see using the product and, and help us, you know, that kind of thing and, and create user generated content from your community pre launch. Not only can you use that in some of your EBC and your A plus or whatever it's called these days. Um, but also then, then you have like built in, you know, just social proof, right. Of people using the product and being happy with. And also they're going to help you, you know, improve the product and give, you know, give you direct feedback if the product has any kind of issues uh, that weren't caught, you know, maybe in QA or, you know, something like that. So the sooner you can involve your audience in that process, then, 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 then that's what I call rolling thunder. The storm's coming, the storm's coming, the storm's coming, the storm that's is good. here, like, go <laughs> buy it now, you know, all of that fun stuff, right?
1: I love that. That's a good tip. I like that. We actually do that with influencers. So we, we kind of have our short list of our medium short list of, I don't know, maybe two dozen influencers. And then we, we ask them kind of to be our sort of our beta testers also with the, the like, Hey, you should check this you out. Should promote this to out. Your
0: list, Right. Right.
1: And then they, um, we give it to them and we get user generated content from them and then they promote us too during the launch. And so that's, that's a great tip. And also actually I will say I, I, you inspired me on some call we had a few months ago. I heard this concept before, so it's not like a brand new invention, but Michelle, you're like, go do it right now. I'm like, I gotta <laughs> do it today because Michelle told me to do it. That was ask your audience what they want. What 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 new products, what new things do you want? We, you're, hey, I'm here to serve you. What I do to serve people is I create physical products. And so how do I serve you? You tell me what you want. And so I made a little, just a really cheap, easy, free Google form. And then I put in, uh, I had like 20 ideas. I mean, just just this long list of product ideas, all the stuff inside of our niche. And we just said, like, what are the things that you care about? How old are your kids? How old are this? How are that? What, what, what does your family look like? What is your, where do you live? What do you do? What do you think? What do you believe? Um, what's the thing you're struggling with? So you kind of get that basic stuff, but then just straight up. Here's 20 product ideas. You tell me multiple totally. choice. You tell me which ones you want. And from that, the 20 that we got, three of them we were pursuing uh already, and they were at the very bottom of the list. And people said, No, they're stupid. I'm like, okay, cool. We're gonna stop the we're <laughs> gonna stop samples on that one. Yeah. And then the the next our next five products are basically the top five products of that that survey. And so, uh, yes. Ask your audience, "What do you want? What? How can I serve you? How can I provide value to you? You are here to listen to me, uh, or uh, I, you're you're here listening to <laughs> me. Hopefully, to I can provide to value.
0: What do you want? What do you want? I give it for what you. Want. Yeah. Now, I would take that a step further. Okay. And and like this is the beauty of doing this in a chatbot is that all of that data and those responses can be broken down and then turned into segments associated with that user, so that you then know that Michelle has two kids age, ages ranging from six to eight. And that I'm most interested in, you know, um, educational products for that age range, right? Because maybe you offer products that are age range specific, you know, that kind of a thing, not just the interest, but also the age could play into that as well. And there might be certain products that people only associate with like, oh, well, this these types of products are only really good for preschool or toddlers, but oh my gosh, here's all these other older applications I didn't know that you could then build out and like create, you know, niches and audience for. So always use that data to segment your audience with and create sub niches of your audience so that you can, you know, maybe refine from a product development standpoint, but at the very least, you know, send different messaging based you know, based on, uh, like maybe that kind of profile. So you could showcase an eight-year-old using the product for the audience of, you know, that older age range. You know what I mean?
1: Nice. Oh, I love it. Ah, so many (laughs) hot tips there.
0: andrew's like shoot i need to go segment i'll be right back i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know then as you're developing that relationship with your list and the information that you're developing maybe you have like the preschooler segment and you have the toddler segment and then you have the you know the the elementary age segment and there's different tips and tricks that from an email marketing standpoint and some of you might be thinking like girl I can barely get one email out a week don't make me write three but here's where it comes down to you're developing that relationship with your audience and you're making it about them and you know like maybe the topic is is the same across like you know all the age ranges but you're making it specific to um, you know the who they care about right and what motivates them and when you make it easier for them to do their job then they will make it easier for you to do your job right
1: Yep. I love that. And, and speaking of, uh, how to create content, um, I will say, uh, like I said, I'm not a big emailer. Um, I'm dyslexic. So I actually, there's a reason why I have a podcast and not a blog, <laughs> to create these, to create this content about Amazon stuff. Um, we hired people, we hired people, we found influencers who are already creating content. Uh, we talked to some people who had some minor blogs that we loved the blogs. They're in our space. And we just, we asked, uh, we asked them, do you want to ghostwrite for us? And uh, of course, this is, I always think of marketing is always a funnel, right? So I thought, okay, we have to find, we have to identify 20 people who would be a good fit for us. We then have to kind of pick the top 10 to ask, half didn't even respond to us. So the five, now we're left with five, Uh, half of them said, we're not paying enough. And and then finally we left with two people who are both really good. And we ended up just picking one kind of one seemed to work a little bit easier to communicate with, and now we have a great blog uh, email writer. And so yes. we pay three hundred dollars a month, and we get weekly emails, and they're just two or three paragraphs. It's nothing crazy. It's not. It's not. It, they don't have to write right. a PhD no. dissertation. No. Like this is just a little like. That. Yeah, I was. I think like email. I think more hors d'oeuvres than dinner. Right. Yeah. Like. Like something good, delicious, you can get it, but you don't have to have a full, like this giant, like three course meal, 10 course meal. And so, uh, yeah, it's working really well and people are really engaged and we're, you know, is growing and people love it. And guess what? Surprise, surprise. People think, I always thought this, the more I talk to them, the less they're going to like me. I always thought that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to be too annoying. Not true. When we started doing, we did quarterly emails and our open rates were Not very good. And then we did monthly emails and our open rates were getting a lot better. And now we do weekly emails. Our open rates are in the, like the fifties percentage. So over half of our people read our emails.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. And I want to point out, and I haven't read your emails, so I don't know. But like, if you are connecting, you know, content with a topic that people care about and are passionate about, like, like you win. Okay, it's not that hard. If you're showing up on Amazon with a Me Too product, people are not passionate about it. Let's let's say that like, you know, I, I was talking to a seller uh, two weeks ago who had shifted his brand from selling a Me Too product, which was like a computer privacy screen, right? Dime a dozen, whatever. And started selling, he's shifting his brand to be uh, sushi making kits and accessories and ramen and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, there is so much you can do here from a marketing perspective, like the recipes, the dinner party, you know, uh, activities that you can teach people how to throw a, you know, a dinner party, uh, where everybody shows up and makes their own sushi, you know, like there's just so much content that you can create around this that will really inject, like endear your audience to you, you know? And be like, oh my gosh, this is so valuable. Like, I didn't know that I could make, and I'm not a sushi eater, so I can't, I'm, I'm unhelpful here. But like, like, let's say it's a tacos or something like that, or like, but not the taco holder, because that's a me too product. But you know what I mean? Like, there's just like, there's just so much that can be done from a content perspective, pick a product that you can and develop a brand for that you can develop like audience and, you know, this content around just makes it so fun to engage with your audience and, and and then they become responsive to you in that in that kind of like same realm. But I love, love, love that you went out and found, you know, people who are already creating content in and around a topic. You just put them to work for you. Like brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. I love it.
1: Yep. And people like being us connected to you. Also, that's one thing I found our Instagram. I found the traffic from Instagram to be not very good. Um, so it it's just It just is what it is. The traffic is, we don't get a lot of traffic, even though we have like 6,000 followers.
0: That's why, that's why that takes us back to the first thing that we talked about is that like the algorithm, like Instagram is brokering your relationship and you think about it at a consumer level. I want you guys to all think about on your own Instagram feed, Mm -hmm. you might be following like a million businesses. How many of those actually show up in any of the content, like the newsfeed or the stories? Like how much of it? Yep. You know, and unless it's sponsored, it's not going to show up there. So if you're going to spend the same money to build a social media presence where you're going to feel that pressure to like post on a regular basis versus building an email list or an SMS list or use ManyChat and do both at the same time, like it just makes it like penny for penny. Your email and your SMS and, you know, that direct relationship is going to benefit, you know, be worth more to you than that social audience where you're like, I have 6,000 followers. Yeah. Well, guess what? Instagram is only showing your content 0.0025% of the time.
1: Yep. Exactly. But, you know, one thing I found that actually is kind of fun is that when we work with influencers and we look at the engagement rates of the influencers and and also in general, I just want to have like someone who's who's connected to our niche and connected to our brand and has the same kind of ethos as us. Right. It's kind of hard to measure, but you can kind of it's one of those things that you kind of know when you see it. Right. The fact that we have uh 6 thousand followers like it makes them want to work with us more because we'll say any anything that you do or touch or get near us we'll cross post it and even if our if our engagement their engagement's okay I don't know it's fine it's not it's just I, I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be like a miracle like oh my god like a million people up I have a six thousand followers now a million people oh, show up my, my on my listing and buy it but it doesn't really work that way
0: which takes us back to the, the opener of this conversation, uh-huh. <laughs> I hate TikTok and all the FOMO around TikTok right now, I've oh, yeah. got hundred thousand followers in five minutes, you know, like, that kind of thing. <laughs> like guys, if, 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 you, if your followers never see you again, like what good does it do you, you know?
1: Have you seen the creators fund or the, I think it's called creators fund or creators, whatever on, on TikTok? I haven't. So it's interesting. So the influence. So they're they're kind of going. They're they're really leaning into the the influencer thing. So you can, as a creator on TikTok, you can put yourself. You automatically get enrolled in the creators fund, and you and then companies can come and hire you to do stuff with them. So TikTok built their own influencer platform, and that TikTok then brokers with them which is really interesting. So yeah, I think it's a a cool thing to do.
0: Guys, like no one person and please do not take this from me. Like, because like anybody who claims to be a marketing expert and generalizes it like that, like don't listen to them, throw them away because there's no such thing. There's too many, there's too many ways. And I am not claiming to be some TikTok expert. Please don't I'm just saying like, like don't get caught up in the hype and the FOMO because I know that you have a lot on your plates, right? As business owners, you have a lot on your plates. It's easy to get distracted and it's easy to feel like, oh, holy crap, I'm not doing, you know, this and this and this and this. Right? It can become this like overwhelming list. So don't I'm just saying don't get caught up on the FOMO. It's okay to not like to build out like this massive social media presence because at the end of the day, it's a brokered relationship and brokered relationships are you know, the algorithm is going to determine whether your content shows up or not. And if you're spending all this time and money to like develop content and nobody's going to see it, it's not going to benefit you. Right. Yep. So that's, that's just kind of like where we're at. And what we're, like, I'm trying to bring a little measure to the madness.
1: Yep. <laughs> right? I love it. And this Michelle, thank you so much for this, like impromptu conversation. I know this, this is like, we are like an after hours chit chat here. So, uh, I guess the actual item here, get that email, (laughs) collect the email, collect the SMS, whatever, whatever your sales funnel is, your marketing funnel, like get that direct connection to those people.
0: Yes. Yes. So that you can, you know, be like Andrew and, and, uh, you know, develop a relationship, provide something of value to them and do more than just message them when you need them, be something that they need. Right. Like, Like they're relying on that content to help them do whatever it is that they need to do or inspire them on things to do. So anyway, there's lots of different content we can talk about. Maybe we'll have just an email marketing, you know, podcast where we can share best. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun? Email marketing all day.
1: (laughs) Love it. All right, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on again. And thank you. You you weren't even invited. You were like pushing (laughs) this episode. So thank you. Thank you you so much for sticking around and leaning in on it. So I love it.
0: Always happy to talk marketing all day, any day.
1: And then tell us again, help.easybot.com.
0: So if you want to learn more about EasyBot and using EasyBot to build your audiences and external traffic, just go to easybot.com. We have a $1 trial over there for you guys. Um, and if you want to learn more about how you can use EasyBot for Mother's Day, head over to the Mother's Day podcast where we show a little, we share a few campaign ideas over there as well.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey guys, if you found value from this episode, I would love if you could tell the world. If you don't want to tell the entire world, I would love for you to tell iTunes at least. If you can go to iTunes, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes, go ahead and go leave us a review. I have a few here that are amazing that I love to read out. I read every single review that's posted. This one is a review from Amber K. If you're looking for a podcast to efficiently learn hacks to grow your Amazon, business, this is it. Andrew's wealth of knowledge is abundant and generously shares it all for this podcast. The latest and greatest information to push to your business to the right to the next level is right here. Stop reading this review and tap play. Nice. Oh, I love it. Amber K. Thank you so much for doing that. So if you think you have a review that is equal or better than Amber K's or or worse, whatever, if you don't like me, that's cool. You can tell me too. whatever go to iTunes, leave a review. Also, Spotify now is allowing ratings. So please go onto Spotify and super easy. You don't even have to write anything. You just hit five stars and leave that review. You know, as an Amazon seller, how important reviews are to your business. I am asking you at the goodness of your heart, please leave me a review as well. Thanks.